0: thanks for checking out this podcast from swgfl we're here to help teachers and education professionals support children and young people in all that they do online just to avoid any confusion in autumn of 2022 we branded our podcasts as interface this is actually one of our older episodes from before the big rebrand so it might sound a little bit different however there's still the same top quality advice and expert support throughout we hope you enjoy this episode
1: Welcome to this Safeguarding Children online podcast brought to you by SWGFL. Welcome to the SWGFL podcast, the free definitive guide helping educators keep young people and yourselves safe online. I'm Jess Macbeth here with Gareth Court. Hi, Gareth.
0: Hi, Jess. Hi, everyone.
1: We are online safety consultants with SWGFL, partner of the UK Safer Internet Centre. Well, oh, Gareth, you sounded Hello. a bit tired. I what am was a, wrong?
0: I am a bit tired, Jess. I think I think I've got Zoom fatigue.
1: Zoom fatigue, you say? Zoom, what
0: is zoom, that? Zoom fatigue. <laughs> You'd think it would be being tired from racing around everywhere, which does tire me out sometimes. But no, it's it's the the kind of the fatigue, the in- ennui, if you like, that can set in from from using video conferencing services as much as I think many of us have had to in 2020. And I don't know about you, you know, you get to we're doing this at the end of a of what's felt like a long week. And when you've had so many online meetings, it does just kind of feel a bit. Oh, I don't know. Well, do, you, do you feel the same? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I've got four calls today and uh, I had the other day I had three hours worth in the morning and I, in the afternoon I was knackered. I was literally I could do nothing. I'm not it surprised just...
0: I had to do some training um, for some for some social workers the other day and it was it was like six hours worth yeah it six breaks hours. in between. Yeah. Yeah, it was a whole day, whole day training. Uh, and I got to the end of it and I was just I was just exhausted.
1: <laughs> wow. So so let's talk about that then. Zoom fatigue because i'm sure there's plenty of ed- educators out there that are finding it challenging, tiring, exhausting delivering online when they need to. Um, yeah. i mean you could start with the tech challenges that that is just there's a stressor there isn't there. I mean we had one earlier, right? I, my sound cut out. Um Yeah, literally you know, as
0: we were, we were 30 seconds into this, weren't we? And uh, and yeah. then your sound cut out. I couldn't hear what you were saying and then we had to start over again so yeah. so yeah obviously you've got that tech challenge not any if you're a bit apprehensive about tech and using tech and knowing what to do and how to press on things and all the rest of it you've got you've got obviously that anxiety that might go on for some people but then of course you've got the the anxiety about the fact that you can't you can't help anyone else who's having any tech problems either you know if they're struggling with things it's not it's not like f- where you're next to someone you can go oh yeah you press on that and then you do this or do that it you don't know what the, what they can see on their screen or what they're struggling with. So I, I th- that makes me anxious. I don't know about you, the fact that oh, I can't yeah. help other people to fix their problems.
1: Yeah. And also, if you're doing something where you have an audience, so whether it's children or adults, you know, if you've got several people waiting for you to deliver something online and you've got to try and make it work. And we're all trying to be so much more. <laughs> we're trying to make it more interesting, aren't we? You know, like just, just the point of being on a video conference isn't particularly captivating you know especially for younger children so trying to find ways to make it more kind of interesting and engaging and fun that's that's hard
0: yeah and I I had that challenge the other day and I was was having to we were using zoom and I was having to dip in and out to other things as well to try and bring some interactivity in to allow people to answer questions and create a word cloud and do a poll and things like that but of course you know it meant like Stopping sharing screen. Now I need to go to this. Now I need to share my screen again. Let's all do this together. Okay, let's talk about this. Now I need to stop sharing screen. Go back to where we were before. Start And there's a there's a lot of steps involved and in, in trying to keep everyone going along the way. Um, you know, we got we got there at yeah. the end and people were very patient and everything. But But you think about it was the digital equivalent of saying to someone, right, just have a quick chat with the person next to you about this and then we'll chat about it in a moment. But all these extra steps were introduced because we were all doing it from different locations over different screens.
1: Yeah. And the other thing I've been finding is obviously I use different platforms for different things. So they all work a bit differently. And some of them have got more functionality than others. One of the things I discovered recently on Zoom is that you can you can switch off your own little, um, the, your own camera. How can I say this? So that you don't see yourself. Yes. I don't know if you, if you ever find this, but if you're on video conferencing and you can see your own camera, your eyes are constantly drawn to yourself. What's happening with my hair? What's going on behind me there? <laughs> But I discovered on Zoom you can switch it off, but not on Teams, I don't think.
0: That's that's I, I the problem, isn't it? And it just, they've all got different ways of of sharing screens and things like that as well, haven't they? So with Zoom, when you share your screen, you, you still appear alongside your screen. On other video conferencing things, you disappear when you're sharing your screen, so you can't see yourself anymore. So you've got all those those intricacies. But but you're right, looking at yourself is quite quite tricky because then you start to become acutely aware of, not you if you've got, you know headset hair as i often have um but you know <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible it's like tinting that sticks up the back i can't do anything with it afterwards. Um, it was just me <laughs> I, think, I think i think most people could probably probably uh, sort of uh, agree with that one tint tinting head headset hair yeah, the um but it's but you you become i think you become more acutely aware of of your expressions on camera as well and how you're reacting to things oh, and, you know are you having it up that. too much or are you being you know a bit too cold yes. and unresponsive
1: well, I was on one the other day and somebody I was on this big, big kind of group chat thing and somebody that I happened to know and she messaged me in the middle of it saying, why are you smiling so much? <laughs> Did I say something? And I was like, oh, and I think I have been having this little kind of grin on my face as a sort of friendly, you know, um, thing that I'm doing. So I was, I was, the next one I was like deliberately trying to keep poker face
0: you know just. you get you get what's called you get uh looped up in something called a giggle loop then don't you about where how uh, it's the idea that it'd be really inappropriate to laugh or giggle at an appropriate <laughs> point and so you stop yourself from doing it but then you know how close you came to doing that and how stop bad it. that would have been and that makes you want to laugh even more and then it, <laughs> right no am not gonna laugh
1: not gonna laugh anyway I, so... I just kind of
0: naturally I don't know about you I just kind of a naturally sort of laughy person I, obviously we're having a serious conversation yeah. you keep it serious but I it's quite light-hearted and I do I have a sort of a natural tendency to kind of just chuckle from time to time just to keep moods light and things but of course yeah it can be interpreted in in very different ways depending on who you're talking to
1: I think I do it as a bit of a nervous thing as well yeah and a way of kind of making other people feel relaxed anyway so yes there's lots of stuff going on for us isn't there as as kind of professionals that can make it feel quite challenging um but the other side as well is those people that we're working with so if it's children or or adults that are kind of attending or that where we are working with online there's loads of challenges there <clears throat> potentially as well we mentioned already i think you know younger children can get really bored yeah um on screen i was reading some really interesting um there's bits and pieces of research i'm aware of looking at for example you know vulnerable children online and how they how they've engaged and pick and, and it's brought some Some things I hadn't really thought about. So, for example, um, being online and being really connected whilst you're online with all these people, yeah. Um, But then having that kind of immediate disconnection. Yeah. You know the bit where you say goodbye and then and then and everybody waves and you've all hung up, and then suddenly it's nothing and you're still silence. You're still at home. So, so I thought that was really interesting, and also getting a better understanding that for some people. Well, for all of us, probably in different situations, video conferencing can be really liberating and it can be really a way of of kind of being an extrovert and getting out there and, and chatting and all the rest of it. But for some people, uh, professionals and, and, and children, young people, it can be pretty daunting being on camera. Um, it might be something that for certain young people we work with that you have to work up to being on camera if that is something that you feel is appropriate to do with them. And we, I mean, we know, we know about the whole safeguarding issues, but putting that to one side, assuming that you were getting to the point of of kind of video engagement with young people, maybe having to take them through some steps of, of working up to that. And also things like the breakout rooms. I'm a great fan of, of breakout rooms on, on Zoom, um, but some people find those really quite intimidating as well because suddenly you really are face-to-face with only four other people or whatever you know you can't really do a breakout room with your camera switched off it, feel, it might feel a bit rude
0: yeah and, and similarly depending on how breakout rooms are organized you know you can choose to organize them randomly in which case it, that can create some anxiety if you have no idea who you're going to be kind of lumped with whereas you know if you were at school you'd know oh I sit on this table with these people or I, I get to work with my friend in this lesson And suddenly you you know it might be thrown completely randomly open as to who you're going to work with like that, that could be
1: yeah and and people do weird stuff online (laughs) right (laughs) we should know (laughs) (laughs) they don't always act how you might expect (laughs) so you kind of need to be yeah Yeah. prepared for that what do they call it um online disinhibition indeed isn't that what they call it
0: yes yes so yeah it's uh and there's a number of different reasons behind that there's a lot of a lot of psychological science behind that sula's everything's a rule of six now sula has six Six different types of uh, reasons behind online disinhibition, and really,
1: yes, yeah. Well, look I, at you. Go, can you can you do us a rundown?
0: I, oh, I've got to try and remember you all now. <laughs> um, so there, there. Oh God, now I'm gonna have to find it. There are things like being dissociated from things because you can't see people's yes. fa- facial reactions. In some cases, that can lead to disinhibition. Um, so if it is more text-based, or if you turn your your camera off, then that can make mm. changes. Um, there's there's ones around the concept of identity, and that you can assume a different persona or identity online uh for some online services there is the ability to be a bit more anonymous and of course then that that can lead to disinhibition uh there's a a sort of a a power balancer as well so if you think about not so much for video conferencing but things like uh on on twitter for example where every celebrity and politician is if you like fair game for other people to criticize and call out and things like that that's because Mm. in that online environment everyone's kind of on a level playing field whereas if you were to meet that that high-profile person face to face, you might not have quite the courage to say those things or act in that way towards them. But online, you you kind of feel that you're all judged equally. So there's there's always kind of weird dynamics that come in. And, and just when you were talking about being being more liberated on on video conferencing earlier, I was just thinking about the fact that you know it it just leads to people to decide to just you know do their meetings in their underpants or you know in the pajamas or <laughs> things like that. And and of course, you know, for adults, I think most of us kind of understand where those those boundaries and expectations lie. But you can't always be quite so sure. That, that children understand that if you're having to uh, work with them in that way in some kind of remote remote learning fashion. Um, and of course, as an educator, you can't control that. So, so while you said, you know, obviously we're, we're aware of safeguarding concerns and things like that, I think it is just a good one to, to highlight with online disinhibition is that you can never be quite sure what might happen in a live setting mm. working with children over technology. And I think that's always important yeah. to bear in mind.
1: Yeah, it clearly. I mean, we, we've obviously got at Southwest Grid lots of lots of advice about, about kind of remote learning. And there's, there's a blended learning resource as well now, isn't there? There is indeed, um, yeah. For people to look at and, and make sure you're covering all of your kind of safeguarding um, bases. This idea of the power thing's really interesting, I think, as well. A couple of things coming into my mind. One is it must be, I mean, the, it must be challenging for some educators knowing that they are on screen, whether it's live or like a video. In people's homes, like there's much more exposure, isn't there, to parents and carers and other people seeing what you do and how you do it. So that must be that must feel a bit um, challenging. But the other thing I was thinking about was in that kind of professional arena. So if you're having uh, team meetings or or whatever, and it's online, um, this idea of of kind of... um, Soft power, you know. So, you, like you were saying, if you're if you're on if you're on screen with lots of different people, you don't really know who's. You can't just tell by looking necessarily who's the boss, you know, or who's the person that's really influential. Yeah, the, uh, the, the hierarchy
0: kind of drops away, doesn't <laughs> yeah, it? Really, it's just a sea of see of faces, and yeah, interesting backgrounds in most cases now.
1: But if you also come across, I don't, I don't know if there's a name for you know, there's a name for everything, isn't there? In technology, right? There's always some some new kind of behavior comes along as a name for it. I don't have a name for this, but um, that thing where. So where you might have had, say you were in a meeting and you're all sitting around a table or in a room and people might glance, at, you know, that there might be a pal that you've got and you glance at them or you raise your eyebrows at them or something like that, you know. Now that's all happening on like messenger apps on your smartphone. So like your video conferencing, you know, yep. and you've got your poker face on. But somebody's just said something really ridiculous. And what you're actually doing now is you're just texting your your friend who's also in the, also in the <laughs> So yeah, all this weird which stuff. Is, which going is much on about harder, surely,
0: to be subtle, because you, you'd be there like looking at your phone. <laughs> which is quite well, obvious when you do a camera to cutting kind the of, you know, glance away at your phone or something.
1: Well, you can do that like going, uh, 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 uh <laughs> video's breaking up. <laughs> quickly switch off the screen or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. That's the other thing, screen stacking, right? We're all multitasking. Don't know if you've noticed mm. that. I bet there's loads of people now listening to this whilst driving, but also perhaps, you know, checking their emails. <laughs> <I don't
0: know. laughs> well, just, you know, from, from you know, a behind the scenes for, for you folks who are listening is that obviously we can't, I don't know about you, Jess, but I'm sat here with two screens with things on various screens to refer to as we go through this podcast, you know, just to sort of pull in this bit of information here and there because as I might you know, particularly at the end of a week, I can't keep all of this in my head. So, you know, it's normal, it's becoming more normal, I think, now, isn't it? Given how we've all had to work this year of, of maybe having more than one screen to work from. Um yeah. which can be great. But yeah, it can be it can be pretty overwhelming as well. So a lot of things going yeah. on.
1: I'm trying to do more like turn off all my notifications so I can be more focused. And that's another that's another element of it as well, is like being present. Yeah. Which again, if you're an educator and you're delivering something to children, I'm sure you are present. But maybe there's other situations when you are engaging with other people online. How present actually are you? You don't want to do that thing when you get caught out. You know, you're you're in that kind of group meeting and somebody says something and then they go, what do you think of that? You know, to you, your name. And you go, oh, oh, I wasn't listening. You have to come up with some, some... Well, that's,
0: <laughs> that's the thing isn't it it's harder to tell if if someone's engaged or not right over that screen you, you know in real, real life you might be able to see if someone's fidgeting or if they're clearly distracted or well, not quite engaged and but you can't get that yeah. and so i don't know about you i kind of end up with the nodding dog syndrome you're like the churchill dog i just kind of sit there all the time going going mm, mm,
1: i'm sure nodding i read up and down. i've 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 come across articles about companies sort of software companies that have been peddling software that's about um Checking, and I think both with children and adults, checking how engaged they are. So always having the screen on, or uh, I don't know, using using the keyboard, or not looking away, all kinds of stuff, which is a bit frightening.
0: I've I've read of similar ones actually over in the states for the facilitation of of uh, exams online because they haven't been able to do them face to face. Of using that kind of software to check that they're not glancing at other things where they might be, you know, using a second screen somewhere to to Google something or find answers. They've literally got to keep their attention on the screen. Um, I'm not quite sure what to think about those. I kind of feel like a number of those yeah. might actually be in violation of privacy and human yeah. rights. But but that's that's some examples from America. I haven't actually heard of anything like that happening in the UK. No, but I have with I have
1: heard of, of productivity. Yeah, I've heard of productivity stuff with staff, not not with children as you say, but ways of checking that staff are actually doing what they're supposed to be doing. Oh, it's a sad thing, isn't it? It's hard,
0: isn't it? It's um Yeah, oh, and I think as you said, that that aspect of people people watching you that greater exposure is is an interesting one that can that can have an effect as well because when you were just talking about that i was just thinking about a, a meet the parent uh, meet the teacher meeting i had on zoom a couple of weeks ago for my for my son at primary school and uh you know just she did her bit and she shared a screen and she talked about you yeah, know what life was like in, in that particular year group and then she took questions from parents and there's one one parent that. Um, you know picked up on something she had said earlier which had been a bit sort of light-hearted about how she was going to be teaching the French this year because the the French teacher they had last year a specialist French teacher uh the school wasn't able to keep on sadly for financial reasons so so the French teaching was coming into the classroom the class teachers were going to do it and so she was joking about being a bit rusty on her French and and this parent made quite a quite a blunt question about whether or not she was qualified enough to to teach french to which she responded that actually she she did french as part of her her teaching degree so she was very well qualified um but of course did that whole interplay of that kind of that quite blunt question and then that that quite good riposte answer where she you quite rightly sort of answered back to the parent and reassured the parent the rest of us were all just sat there obviously on camera just trying to keep those poker faces (laughs) at one point i literally almost had my my, my my knuckles in my mouth are just kind of like <laughs> just to try oh and make sure I wasn't God. laughing or smiling or yeah or smirking. Yeah, the worst was if you think someone's smirking as well. They might not actually be smirking, but it just looks like they are. So you've got all these these weird things, I think, with nonverbal communication over a screen where you yeah you can misunderstand it very, very quickly. And that's and that's I think what makes it so tiring is that we we kind of subconsciously try harder to understand all of that and pay attention to all of that. And that's that's exhausting. That's the kind of stuff you just kind of take. For granted, when you're face-to-face with someone, but over a screen, you, you consciously divert time and effort to it.
1: But I suppose, I mean, you know, what's the upshot of all of this? <laughs> and the upshot is, you know, it's a brave new world, right? So um, this isn't going away. It's it's like, how do we embrace it and make it work? Because it's it's going to be part of our lives in lots of different ways, whether, whether or not it's part of the kind of formal education that is delivered to children or perhaps just intermittent, but in terms of our wider lives, it's definitely going to be part of that. You know, one thing I was thinking about was um, new starts. Yeah. You know, like um, new starts for jobs, new teachers. How, if all of your engagement is at sort of at a distance, that must be really difficult.
0: Imagine new pupils. Imagine if you change schools uh, during a period when, when, you know, you're not able to see people face to face. That would be incredibly intimidating.
1: So how do you build rapport then? That gets you into that idea of how do you, you know, how, how do you build up a, a relationship with somebody um, online? And, I mean, I, I've come across one or two. So, I mean, the, the example I came across there um, was, uh, but this was more for professionals, you know, rather than, as in adults rather than children. Um, but the idea was that, say, you were holding a training session or something, let's say it started at 2 o'clock, you wouldn't just do, right, it's a 2 o'clock Start what you would actually do is you'd email everybody and go, I'm going to be online from about you know 20 to two. And if anybody wants to join me, then you can t- test the technology works. You know, we're just going to be hanging out, get yourself a cup of tea, talk about whatever, and then we'll start it too. And it's a way of trying to set the tone for the actual thing you're going to do in a way that feels kind of inclusive and engaged and gets everybody relaxed rather than everybody trying to pile in at two o'clock, half of them finding that the technology doesn't work, you know, yeah. <laughs> they're getting late. It's already started. It feels really formal and stuffy. So that was, that was kind of one little example um, that I came across, which I thought was really good. Yeah. I think, that, um, I think
0: that's wise. I think sort of building up in, in small steps and I think mixing it up as well, you know, while, we know that this technology is here and and that it does work in a number of situations, and it is so easy now, just to set up a Teams meeting or a Zoom call or things like that. It doesn't always mean that that's the most effective way of working. So I think still, whether it's in education to to children and young people, or whether it's with you know professionally with colleagues, find ways of mixing it up. But you don't have to have a video call about every single thing because because that is just exhausting there may be ways that you could just you know work on a google document together live in real time and you could see people's comments and deal with it that way or it might just be a case of dropping an email it might just be a case of picking up the phone and just speaking to one person at a time rather than feeling the need to to have to video chat or include other people i think i think that's an important aspect too
1: which does bring in because i think you're right that there is one of the benefits of the whole online however you do it is if we're all at home say during potential lockdown um you can you can connect much more quickly, frequently, for a shorter period of time. You know, because you're not doing stuff where you have to travel to get to somewhere to meet with people or to deliver something. You know, it can be a lot more fluid, which I think, um, which is really great. But on the other hand, that then slips into this idea that you're always there. Yeah, you know, no you're always available. Mm, yeah. yeah, that's very, tricky.
0: Very quick and easy, uh, and in fact, I found this with my with my daughters during the lockdown earlier in 2020 where they had a, a lot of really well structured online learning from their teachers but it they were kind of only getting like a five minute breather in between which in in the offline world would have been the case of moving from one close classroom to another for the next lesson uh which is fine but but it's very much a break of pace and the break you know change of scenery and stuff isn't it offline whereas online it just meant stopping one call for five minutes maybe going to the toilet, getting a drink or whatever, and then getting straight back in front of the laptop and carrying on again. There wasn't really a change of scenery. So I don't think it has quite the same impact as that, as that physical break in time.
1: No, I think you're right. I think you're right. There's a lot to think about, isn't there?
0: Yeah, and, and I think that, that links up nicely with this whole idea of, you know, you need to consider things like this for, for the young people and children that you're working with. If you are educating them in this way, how do you build in those breaks? Because they're going to need more breaks than they would do if you were teaching offline and face-to-face. But you've also got to establish those those kind of etiquette things and those ground rules that, that you know you'd normally do in a classroom right at the start of the year and you'd agree your class rules and you'd refer to them throughout the year to make sure everyone's on board and everyone's supporting each other in the right way and you're all working together. But but those things don't quite carry over in the same way online. So you have to do them in different ways. So is your etiquette that everyone's camera has to be on? Is it that, you know, you only turn your camera on when you need to speak? Is it a case how do you how do you deal with like raised hands with unmuting mics? All this kind of stuff is quite quite complicated stuff where we just take it for granted offline because you just say put your hands up or someone shout out <laughs> you know it's much harder to manage in a, in a digital sense
1: yeah totally i like the one where i've had meetings where you all have your camera off uh, unless you've got something to say um as long as it's well managed Anyway, so uh, anything else to add? Do you think to this, Gareth, to our rambling chat here <laughs> <to> about, <laughs> about I, how I we think make online work?
0: <laughs> I think it's a case of, as you said, it's just it is a brave new world. It's it's one that we're kind of many of us feeling our way through. I think it's a case of. Of really considering how you use this technology alongside other things that you can do in education so it's like anything and i know i'd be i'm not trying to preach to anyone listening who is an educator but it's a case of having a toolbox of things so you select the right tool at the right time for the right purpose you don't feel you have to just use video chat because that's the kind of the in thing so i think it's being really reflective about how you're using it and what benefit it's going to bring
1: that's a great point Okay, so uh, before we finish up, if you have a question or issue you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, please get in touch by emailing podcast at swgfl.org.uk. Gareth, do you have a recommendation of one thing to read, watch or listen to?
0: I do. I stumbled across this really interesting BBC Three documentary. It's on BBC iPlayer called uh, Nudes for Sale. So do be careful when you're typing it into Google. And the four is the number four. Do be careful when you're typing it into Google or into BBC iPlayer to, to search for it. But it's it's fascinating. It's about uh, more recent events of so what we've heard about, haven't we, Jess, of um, a site mm. called OnlyFans.com, which has risen in popularity where um, adults, for the most part, Uh, go on there and basically have members or fans who pay to have access to, to images and messages and contact with that person. So it's almost like having your own little fan club uh, but it tends to be quite sexual in nature in terms of you know, nude imagery. And, and sometimes in that case, is even, even more than that. And uh, this documentary explores that that phenomenon and how you can make serious amounts of money in that and how that has drawn some young people and uh, some young adults into that. Uh, but also the fact that actually there, there are children and young people under the age of 18 who have been found to be using this platform. And Of course, if they're creating content, uh, explicit content of themselves, and that is in fact illegal content, which they're then selling to people who may not recognise that they're, they're children and underage as well. So there's always complicated factors, but I thought it was really re- relevant given not the, the kind of challenges that we've seen throughout lockdown, but also the the financial insecurities that families and even some young people may have faced directly themselves you can see how this kind of pressure could build and how these kind of sites and services could offer a very attractive way to trying to solve your your money problems or your family's money problems so it's a, it's a really interesting watch just to kind of better understand the phenomenon hmm. how about you jess what's your recommendation hopefully something more light-hearted than mine
1: well a little bit <laughs> <laughs> my recommendation is podcast you know i love my podcasts uh, this one is called nice white parents um and it's 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 an american uh podcast it's I think it's New York Times. I'm not entirely sure apologies whoever it is uh, <laughs> and it's all about a school in New York and schooling in general in New York, and it kind of looks at what is essentially racial segregation um and people trying to do the right thing and how uh and how that kind of plays out. so I've only listened to two or three episodes of it, but it's a uh, really interesting. So nice white parents is the one that I would recommend this week. Thank you for listening to this SWGFL podcast. If you found our podcast helpful, please do spread the word to your fellow educators. As always, if you have a query about an online safety issue affecting a young person, yourself or your organisation, you can contact the Professionals Online Safety Helpline at helpline at saferinternet.org.uk and if you have a question or topic you'd like us to cover on the podcast don't forget drop us an email at podcast at swgfl.org.uk a better internet starts with you goodbye this safeguarding children online podcast has been produced by swgfl southwest grid for learning is a charity that has specialized in online safety for nearly 20 years and is one of the three partners in the UK Safer Internet Centre. The UK Safer Internet Centre is the national centre and one of 32 European Safer Internet Centres. For more information and terms of use, please visit www.swgfl.org.uk. Thanks for listening.